everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film, and this year's official podcast media partner for the Dead Center 2021 Film Festival. Today, we are looking at Feel So Good. Uh, the film is having its world premiere at the Dead Center 2021 Film Festival on Friday, June 11th at the Oklahoma Museum of Art at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. It will also be available as part of the Dead Center 2021 Virtual Film Festival starting on Saturday, June 12th at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. So the film is described as a desperate hypnotist uses a young woman to unknowingly perform crimes, leaving her with strained relationships and fragmented memories. So to learn more about what inspired the film's ambitious premise and how it juggles the sci-fi concept with the core characters and themes, I'm very excited to welcome a, a round table of filmmakers behind this gem of a film that'll be making a splash at this year's festivals. So uh, first up, I'm going to start with the Feel So Good writer, director, producer, Barry Tafera. Barry, welcome to the Cinematic Schematic. Yeah, thank you for having me. Super, super excited. Yeah, and it's 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 Ben Tafura, but like everybody calls me Barry, and I'm always with another Ben, so it just becomes easier to delineate like that. Very cool, very cool. Noted listeners, uh, so Ben Tafaria, and also calling out the other Ben here. Uh, I'm excited to introduce the film's cinematographer, producer, and editor, Ben Stillwell White. Ben Stillwell White, welcome to Cinematic Schematic. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And 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 while I do have an editing credit on the film, it's definitely been a three-way partnership between myself, um, the director Ben, and then um, Sly Rex, who did um, um, all of our sounds for the film. Excellent. Well, speaking of Sly Rex, he was also the the composer, sound designer, producer, and editor. Feels so good. Sly Rex, welcome to the Cinematic Schematic. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Very exciting. Wonderful. And uh, last but certainly not least, we're super excited to welcome the star of Feel So Good, Grayson Dunn. Grayson, welcome to the Cinematic Schematic. Yep, just a lowly actor. Uh, (laughs) Just one credit. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Star of the film, man. You, you gotta, you gotta own that. He's on yeah. the poster. No, nah, he's on the. Doesn't get more official than that. Yeah, no, definitely earned his way onto the poster too. He said only one job as an actor, but like uh, this is an Oklahoma-based production. Our main actor uh, was living in Florida at the time, so he was driving back and forth or flying back and forth for different shoot days. So definitely don't want to undersell his contribution to the film. Yeah. Aside from putting his like beautiful face just all over it. So. <laughs> Making a splash at the Oklahoma Museum of Art. This is really one of the the big narrative feature films. I'm really excited to dive into it. Now, I did just read a, a short blurb about the premise, but I, you know, it sounds like there may be a little more than meets the eye to the, the story of Feel So Good. What else can you all tell me about Feel So Good's setup? I would say, in in very broad strokes, uh, it's a story about young people, and it is a uh, it's a broad narrative. There are a lot of characters, many locations, um, very musical, a little psychedelic. There's uh, ten like it's, you know, it's categorized as a thriller, which I definitely I, I think it very much holds up the thriller name. But uh, it's it's definitely, you know, I think modern movies and especially younger movies tend to have a little more genre blending and stuff. So I'm we don't really quite know what to call this movie. Uh, there definitely is a little more than meets the eye for sure. But um, yeah, I, I, it's. Hopefully it's just a good experience. And I think I think people will get something out of it for sure. Yeah. And and additionally, I'd even I go further to say like it's it's definitely like the overarching um quality is probably most similar to a thriller, but there's definitely pockets of the 
film that almost play like montage. There's parts of the film that almost play like day in the life. So like, you know, I don't think that, I think that the key was that it all came from a, a really organic and unified vision, which was like the the script that, that Barry wrote last year after, uh, after we debuted the short at Feels So Good at, uh, at Dead Center. And so like as a product of just following that vision and, you know, being a part of the, the smorgas, uh, smorgasbord of random shit that the zeitgeist has become like this film has really become a lot of things too. But yeah, above all, I say like the simplest way to categorize this is let's say like a thriller. So it's closest to it. Yeah. The feature film version that is debuting at dead center this year was actually, there was a short film version or a shorter form version of this in the festival last year. Um, so I don't know if, ben, if you want to tell us a little about the, the, the short film, what your experience was like last year and how you decided to approach really taking that short film and blowing it up into a feature. Well, the short film came together really, really quick and definitely under duress a little <laughs> bit. Like um, we made it in a couple days with just no hands. It was just um, actually just literally us right here. Uh, scheduling conflicts, the freak snowstorm, all that basically just wrecked the production and we, we, we came out with a short film. We didn't love it. We didn't think it represented what we could do, but we're like, let's send it off to see what happens. Uh, luckily, thankfully, got into Death Center. It actually won some small awards at other festivals and stuff, uh, which was very cool. And, you know, naturally for people who make a zero dollar short film that gets into like one or a couple festivals, you get emboldened and like, OK, let's let's try making a feature next. Let's mm-hmm. that's that seems like the next logical step. So that's what we dove into immediately after. And it's. It's a similar premise, different characters, like uh, the short film was following um, um, two young men and the feature predominantly follows a young woman and this young man. Um, So, yeah, it is. It's a similar story, but definitely a lot bigger, a lot more fleshed out. And I think probably definitely a lot more relevant too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's definitely uh, the the product of the process of making it rather was a. it's super consistent with like our methodology, which is very DIY. Like uh, we do music videos and, um, you know, projects and lots of outsourced work. Multicam shows. Uh, yeah, multicam shows. Yeah, like, you know, internet stuff uh, and live events, all, all kinds of things. So so we, we've had a group of collective that's been operating for like two years now. And we've been, we, everything we do it ourselves and we even in the process of making the feature like we uh you know got all the equipment mm-hmm. and we, we like so we get on our means of production and like make this for like literally as close to zero dollars as humanly possible so the, the short film was a product of that the feature was a product of that yeah and then and 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 i like that uh sly used the term emboldened because you know it was it was one of the first i mean like we've been making stuff in a vacuum for a long time and you know we get you know like we like interacting with people online and stuff but the short film feel so good like the shorter version definitely was one of the first times where we got that sort of like outside validation where like a festival you know like dead center was like hey this is like this is good like let us program this and i think that like i mean and like sly said really just emboldened us to you know like to want to expand upon it yeah because that's that's establishment you know like we we do music and music videos and shows and skits like that and stuff so it's like that's really direct to consumer shit like we, we, we feel very connected to our audience and like to the people, but um, it was a different type of validation. Like mm-hmm. whenever there's something that's like, quote unquote, at the, the establishment is like, oh, OK, like we recognize this. And it's like, hey, if it wasn't too weird, like if it was it was palatable and like, you know, you liked it, then like, 
let's let's try our hand at the at the real deal. Like, especially since that was gonna be that was gonna be uh something that happened regardless. It just it was like, oh, there's COVID. It was like kind of this perfect storm of like if we if we move right now and don't think too hard about it, we can we can we can actually make this happen. <laughs> I was gonna say you mentioned COVID nineteen being a factor here. I think just following that train of thought, like, hey, COVID nineteen's a factor. Let's not think about it. Like how how exactly did sort of that the COVID nineteen and sort of the temperament of what we experienced last year in twenty twenty, how did that sort of shape the film's production? Yeah. Well, real, real, real quick, just to clarify that don't think about a comment because I realize how those things sounded <laughs> in conjunction. The don't, <laughs> the don't think about it was definitely more like don't think too hard about the mountain of shit that we got to take care of. Like, just do our best to, like, outline our yeah. tasks yeah. and then, like, deal with it. COVID, we, we thought a lot about we took we Yeah, no, we took COVID-19 extremely seriously. You know, we used uh, a tiny crew um, yeah. um, um, every day. We followed pretty much all of the SAG uh, uh, um, guidelines at the time as they existed. Uh, and also, you know, we had zero positive, cases. Uh, uh, cases as a result. And so we were very proud of that. Um, and definitely one of the things that gave us, you know, the most headaches on, on, on set. Yeah. And I think, I think the zero COVID cases is like, we're super proud of that stat because this was not a traditional production by any means. Um, cause like whenever we started was like right in June of last year. Um, immediately after that, we got, um, like, Immediately after that, we we started that summer. So we're mo- uh, several of us were students. Like I like I'm actually still in college right now, uh, but we're actively students. Um, have part time jobs, full time jobs, and now we have this global pandemic to throw on top of that. So um, the schedule we made was 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 super disjointed because you know we just we there's no possible stretch where we can get everyone available for 15 consecutive days to like make a movie. So we had to do. Um, a total of 19 shoot days spread across like three and a half months, uh, which yeah. was a super difficult. Took a ton of coordination between like us right here, just a million trillion different Google docs and a lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, PPE, a lot of, yeah, just a, a Burger King. I don't know. We had a yeah. Lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Burger King. No, uh, no outside producers. Um, no outside funding like i mean like it's literally like it was all self-generated it was all it was completely done in-house like uh and so it that gave us the freedom that was necessary to even be able to make a movie at this price point much less like in the climate uh, you know with the safety concerns that there were like with COVID and shit so it was really like unless we have like complete control here we probably can't do this or we can't Mm -hmm. do it the way we um, especially because like he mentioned at the top of the interview like barry did it's a big movie like this is but this is like probably the exact opposite of what they would recommend you do for your first feature absolutely in terms of like scope there's like there's like there's like over 22 distinct locations i know that i think there's like is it like 15 no, speaking like parts or like speaking actors 15 speaking characters and then like five of them are like prominent characters mm-hmm. wow. um there's, there's not even like the the main character is valentine but like uh, uh, Moon, who's played by Elise Danielle, Elise Smith, she is uh, like also competitive, like for a main character. And there's a couple of people in that like stratosphere that are really close to. So it's like it's a big project with lots of characters, lots of locations, very big swings. Like it's a super non traditional like premise. Like in terms, like I don't, I've never seen a hypnotist movie or like, it's not yeah. one like at least not one recently. So yeah, yeah, it was a. We just we knew that if we didn't have if we couldn't like control everything, yeah. then there was no way this was going to get done. Anyway, that was cool. 
And, and in addition to that, you know, we needed that control and also what we needed and what we ended up having was just everyone involved was just great because everyone involved was taking the virus seriously. You know, you know, we didn't have people on set, you know, who we knew had been out partying or something, you know, it was just like, you know, everyone involved, even though it was, you know, a multi-month shoot, you know, just kind of scattered shoot days, uh, everyone really kind of understood like what was going to have to happen for it to even finish. And so, you know, we owe, you know, I mean, like, and we're just immensely grateful to pretty much everyone who, who, who came out and just took that seriously, took us seriously. Um, and, and yeah, just helped yeah. make it a reality. Yeah. Well, I mean, and again, hats off to you guys. I mean, making a, a movie during a pandemic is no small feat. And it sounds like, you know, you guys took all the right safety precautions and and just by keeping it small and um, kind of working on weekends. I, I do want to actually, Grayson, turn it over to you here for a minute. So, I mean, uh, it sounds like these guys all worked on a short film together. Were you a part of the short film in any way? I was. I was an actor in the short film. Yeah. yeah. So was, was there like a difference in the type of role? Like how did your role differ in this film versus the short film? It's uh, the exact opposite. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a tremendous difference. Um, playing the antagonist in this film versus the short film being, I would say, a bystander in some ways and uh, yeah, being a victim. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a victim. He was, he was, he's probably still the main character of the short film too. Yeah, but I would like, think so. Just, yeah, the, the, the roles were definitely reversed. Did you, have, did you have more fun playing this version or that version? I had more fun playing this version Um, and there was just more to work with. And uh, I think we just had a better collaboration on this film. So hell yeah. Yeah. The last, the short film was like, we didn't even really touch on the process of, I mean, we kind of did. It was just, it was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. That's the best way you can say it It was a fucking, it was a nightmare. It was a couple day nightmare. And uh, now this was, this was a different kind of nightmare. And, and, and (laughs) a better nightmare. A better nightmare. And I just want to tout, you know, I mean, like Grayson, he's a very humble guy, but you know, the way he transitioned, like our short film was actually like, I think his first time out acting like in anything. Yes. And yeah. he played, and he played a character named Omi and he was the one who was hypnotized. And then watching him transition from that into, uh, the main character and primary antagonist, I don't even want to give it that label. Like, or just like, yeah. I like it, into yeah. the role he has in the feature was just, uh, it was a, it was a treat to watch, you know, just to kind of see him develop right in front of us. It was, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds super cool, like, because you guys already have, like, a crew you, you're working with, and it's almost like you um, got to, like, after you did the short film, it sounds like you guys got, like, the sort of feedback you were looking for from audiences and festivals. I mean, uh, I, I mean, how did you take that sort of, like, feedback or, like, input from audiences on the festivals on the short film and apply it here to the feature-length version? Did, did that, or did that in any way impact? Maybe you guys are dedicated to your own vision. Like, what were your yeah. thoughts on I mean, you know, uh, definitely being like some, some like to consider ourselves auteur brats a little bit. You know, we, 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 we definitely keep the vision pure, definitely keep the vision pure. But um, I mean, maybe at a less like X's and O's level, like just hearing and seeing and experiencing people react to something that you make. Like um, even if you don't take the specifics of what they're saying into like into like literal consideration, like like the overall effect, like like the broad strokes, like they definitely come through, you know, and it's like as, as artists maybe that's part of the entire the entire like ambition of an artist is is to have people respond to your work or is just to simply create so um i think i think it was more the fact that we were able to get reactions to our stuff on like the scale that we were able to that absolutely influenced wanting to make a movie like then for the first time i'm not thinking about whatever weird random art house shit i want to write i'm like yo what would be like a cool theater experience too and like you know a, a little facetious because i i very much value the theater experience i always want to make that fantastic thing but yeah that just 
seeing people is like it's it's hard it's hard to put words to it like just seeing people react to your stuff whether it's positive or negative like it's just a it is a bizarre and very influential experience i think even at a subconscious level and i think that we were insulated by covid just from you know being able to go to even just like dead center you know and kind of get to you know chop it up with people about it i think you know what feedback we did get was not expansive. Yeah. I think, you know, like we didn't get a whole lot of, you know, like, Hey, it was great, but X, Y, Z, you know, I think, I think Barry's right. You know, like e- people responded and, and, and that was pretty much good enough for us, you know, that it yeah. elicited something. Yeah. We got more. That's interesting. Yeah. That was cool. Then got a lot else. of, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of, which is what we expected. Like at the, when we were turning it in, we didn't expect it to do shit because <laughs> like, it just wasn't, it just wasn't. Yeah. Like, we're like, yeah, that, that, it was what we could have done yeah, at the yeah. time, given our circumstances. And then everything after that was just like kind of wanting to do it right mm-hmm. yeah, um, as well. So one thing um, Ben mentioned a second ago was just the number of locations and, and actors that were part of this production. So that the size and the scope is a lot larger. Uh, I mean, this being you know one of this year's festival's major Oklahoma narrative feature releases – I mean, could you guys elaborate a little bit more maybe on how the film utilizes Oklahoma as a location? 100% of the film was shot in Oklahoma. Um, most of it was shot in between just Norman, where we live, and then OKC, where he lives. Um, so oh, I, I guess we didn't get into the specifics of like Oklahoma itself. Like, I don't I don't think you'll actually hear the word Oklahoma be like named because uh, mm-hmm. de- especially like in like at the script level, we like to keep our stories that we tell just a little insular, you know, like slightly shielded from like reality um, or at, at least at least for this yeah. one. So Oklahoma is not named explicitly, but you will see quite a bit of Oklahoma throughout the film. Like, um, and, and like the when you watch the film, you know, what I'm saying like whether or not you, you have any knowledge of the location, like the energy of the city is real in the film. Like and it has an influence on the pace and the characters and their relationships to one another. So like. You know, and that's like a direct response to the fact that we're photographing uh, Oklahoma in in uh, in the picture. And like you said, it's 100 percent Oklahoma locations top to bottom. So the energy that you feel from the city, which like I don't want to just get into it too much, but just like a simple way to just say it is that sometimes it feels very it seems like it sits right at the cusp of of. Um, something rural and something urban. It seems like it's right at the cusp of unknown versus like something that was like history or discovery. Um, And sometimes it's just right at the cusp of silent and slow and then like, you know, fast paced and like a Mm -hmm. lot. And I think like all of that had an effect on the pace and the feeling like uh, um, in the movie and between the characters. And even just from a purely logistical standpoint, you know, uh, some of us having grown up all or in part in Oklahoma City and the surrounding areas, you know, we were able to leverage, you know, just some, you know, like some contacts and just like relationships that we formed throughout our lives to say, hey, you know, we're making this movie. It would mean a lot if we could just come and shoot in your restaurant for a few hours, you know, or, you know, if we could, you know, like get upstairs at your bar, you know, and just be there for a few hours shooting. And so just that I think really helped us up the production value. And like they were yeah. just saying, kind of just gave the the location itself a bit of a soul. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And like, obviously if we're not in Oklahoma, we can't make the movie like at the scale that we're making it just cause right. you know, like we're, we're, we're from here and we know people out here and stuff. So um, yeah, in that regard it's very Oklahoma and in, in a very also equal sense, most of it is also not most of it, but there are um, many of the locations are just like houses. We use the house that we're sitting in probably for like, three or four different locations at least, but like people won't recognize them for sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of our friends' apartments, friends' houses, parents, friends, parents' houses, mm-hmm. 
like you said, a, lo- a couple local businesses, yeah, uh, yeah. like a couple of local restaurants. Um, Queen of Sheila is a location that gets utilized in Oklahoma City and Stella's, Stella, yeah. Stella Midtown, yeah. Midtown. Uh, oh, very cool. So, so yeah, there's some there's some local businesses that end up in there. There's there's more. I know it, but I'm yeah, not thinking we'll remember that. Yeah. Um, we should, we got to shoot some stuff at Heritage Hall. Yeah, um, which was cool. On camp, OU campus, OU, like campus corner and stuff. Some so. stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you're in Oklahoma, you'll definitely recognize at least mm-hmm. some of the shots. Like yeah. there, there will be yeah. a couple of shots where you're like, oh, I know exactly where they are right now. Well, I mean, I think it's just a, another really great example of, you know, uh, our, our community really supporting filmmakers. The fact that you guys have established networks and you can reach out to business owners or businesses, yeah. you know, to varying degrees and say, hey, we, we have this really cool story idea. Can we use your location and that? you know, business owner being open to that without charging, you know, an arm or a leg. seems like we have a really supportive uh, community here in Oklahoma City for, um, you know, homegrown filmmakers like yourselves. Yes. And and we got some Oklahoma talent, too. I don't know how this slipped my mind. Like, I mean, like most of the actors are from Oklahoma. Like you said, Grayson came in from Florida. And then there's a couple other actors that came in from like Texas and such. But like there's a lot of Oklahoma people in this movie that we were really happy to get them in like uh the, uh like some musicians like paris careers and grand national i don't know if you like at least like you know they're, they're all in the movie and that's a part of it that i didn't want to sleep on because i was really i was really happy that, that we got to do it like that because we come from well at least i come from music and like he can you know he's been doing videos with me for like the t- last 10 years last couple years last couple years so like it was really cool to get to like involve um involve some people as a part of that are part of different disciplines and like some Tisha has like her like boutique and and, you know stuff stuff like that. Whenever you say 10 years it makes it sound really old like yeah I'm 23 so just so we've just we've just been doing this since kids. (laughs) Hey start young man we're start refining that craft early. Slyrex you mentioned you coming in more on the the music side of it I mean like what was uh, your experience like composing the the score for this feature versus a short film I I imagine it's quite a bit more work. (laughs) It's way more work. Yeah. The good thing, like the benefit is, I mean, the drawback and the benefit both are that like, it's only us. So like we have to do every task. So I was never in the dark about like, you know what I'm saying? Intention or like what was happening or location. Like I was there every day on set too. So like there were pieces that were developed like as early as when the script was written. And there's pieces that we made last night and added to the movie. And like, there'll still be more pieces to get added today and tomorrow before Tuesday. final final yeah. <laughs> so so yeah it was it's a, a lot of work extremely expensive and i think that it's way easier to regulate uh the tone of like a nine minute project than like a 93 minute project so like that was really interesting because like uh, barry talked about how um genre you know a lot of genre blending happens for us at this time and that's it's that's true but that means that there's a lot of disparate elements that you got to like make cohesive and then a lot of characters with unique tones and a lot of places with unique feelings and so like yeah it's it's been it's been quite a learning process figuring out how to how to service the story in that capacity and yeah like we 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 pick titles for ourselves but we've everybody's been had their hands on uh, hands involved in a lot of things so it's been yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's, I, I think like the whole thing has just been a learning, a hell of a learning curve. Yeah, definitely that. <laughs> if nothing else, that for sure. Well, I mean, that's and that's kind of cool, though, that small crew. Everyone's sort of doing a little wearing a lot of different hats and um, maybe 
uh, like you said, you're a little more tight knit. The communication gaps are fewer. I mean, what would you say is one main takeaway that you hope viewers at the festival this year, uh, whether they're catching it at an in-person screening, uh, like the one at MOA or uh, via the virtual film festival, like what, what is one takeaway you hope viewers glean from their viewing of feel so good? So take, Takeaway, I feel like it's just it's a little bit of a loaded word just because it's especially because most of the times people are like referencing like thematic takeaway, like, you know, what what moral lesson did you learn from the film and stuff? And I definitely I'm not precious about like themes and 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 just like you know, messages, overt messages and stuff. So I, I, I would be much more pleased if people were able to go to the theater or go online and watch it on the online festival and just be able to just give yourself over to the experience. Like, I think if you're able to, if, if you're able to, and the way I, I phrase it is just like get on a raft, like a, just a, a piece of wood and just drift down this river that like the film is taking you on. Like, I think, I think that is best case scenario for people who watch it. And that would make me the happiest too. just see people sit back and just, you know, give yourself over to the film. I think that would be, that's ideal. I don't have any specific like messages or things I would want people to take. Yeah. I have no clue what I would want them to say. <laughs> Don't get hypnotized. Don't get hypnotized. <laughs> yeah. Classic uh, note of a uh, death to the author sort of thing. You're just going to put it out there and say, yeah, hey, man, exactly. make, make your exactly. make your takeaway your own. You know, it's up Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. We, uh, we, art belongs to the to, to the consumer after yeah. after it's created. So, yeah, I and, fully believe that. And we're all consumers. So we've talked at length about a million different thoughts and theories that we have about this project in particular and what it might be saying or might not be saying. But like. I agree. I think the best thing that can happen is just if you just let yourself get taken along with the experience. And if that can happen for you, then like fantastic mission accomplished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys got any messages? <laughs> any no. themes? <laughs> I mean, Grayson, I Grayson, what do you want them to take away from your performance? <clears throat> from my performance? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very, very little. Uh, enjoy it. I think, I think uh, yeah. the one thing I, I wouldn't say necessarily based on the film as a takeaway, but just uh, get used to knowing these names. I think yeah. that we're really hungry. Like artists, that. Yeah, and, like uh, that. We'll be we're back. really just getting started. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That's, that's a perfectly put. Well, awesome. That's, uh, that's, that's great to hear. I guess the, the most important question I'm going to ask you guys today, um, having not seen the film yet myself, uh, am I going to walk away saying, wow, um, pro hypnotism, or am I going to say, holy cow, <laughs> I never want to see a hypnotist or be hypnotized. I mean, where, where where does the movie come down on hypnotism? I mean, come on. The, it, you know, <laughs> I am not answering <laughs> that question. Say, I, I think you will. You're going to say, I got to start practicing. You're going to be like, okay, yeah, I should have, I should have taken that more seriously. That's, yeah. That's what you'll walk away. Or you'll be afraid of people snapping. One yeah, of you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll flip. You'll, you'll just flip. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, thanks for rolling with my uh, my bad jokes. That's good stuff. So, of course, the film is going to be having its its world premiere at the Dead Center 2021 Film Festival. It'll be available virtually after the film has an in-person premiere at MOA. But for listeners out there who maybe can't catch it at the the, the premiere or maybe they're not able to make the Dead Center 21, 2021 Film Festival, where can listeners keep up with you all's work or more developments related to the uh, future release of Feel So Good online? Yeah, keep, to keep up with us, like we're all, like you said, Sly said earlier, uh, we're part of a collective called Bad Faith. So all socials, Bad Faith, uh, BF, just Bad Faith, BF, 
on Instagram, on Twitter, yeah. our website, badfaithpf.com. Bad yeah. uh, and then you'll find all of our, you will find us immediately once you find the page because yeah. we're all over it. But um, yeah, that's that, that's where we centralize all of our information. And yeah, uh, the film is one just like arm of the collective. Like we yeah. have, like I said, a music division that's probably a lot bigger than our film. And um, and so, yeah, just uh, follow along. I think if you, I think if you have like inclinations towards the stuff. So if you watch Feel So Good and you end up liking it, check out bad faith i promise you we're gonna have other stuff out there that you'll like and yeah and we'll be back with more movies soon too so just don't even trip yeah you might even hear something a song in the movie early or something but if you yeah that's true you go yeah just go go look go listen to the bad face stuff you might you know there's some stuff in there (laughs) awesome well before we close out the conversation guys uh is there anything else you'd like to add about feel so good for our listeners today Come to the Friday screening, man. Uh, I, I don't know if they'll be hearing this after or not. If, but yeah, way, yep. Okay, right. Watch it online. Watch, watch, watch it online. online. Tell your friends to watch it online. Buy your mm-hmm. friends some tickets. Be, be good people. And and follow and follow <laughs> us because like if you miss it this time, like there's we're we're the next few months we got some other festivals yeah. to hit too. You know, absolutely. So, so like a dead center is where we want you to watch it. But mm-hmm. but if you if for whatever reason that can happen. And you squared and just follow up. <laughs> there, there'll be more. There'll yeah. be more. Well, fantastic. Uh, well, uh, gentlemen, uh, again, congratulations on getting feel so good in the festival and having your, your world premiere and an in-person event at the Oklahoma Museum of Art. Barry, Ben, uh, Slyrex, Grayson, thank you all so much for joining us on the Cinematic Schematic today. Hey, thank, thank you for having, thanks us. For having us. Yeah. Fantastic conversation. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. And uh, listeners, if you want to watch Feel So Good at the Dead Center 2021 Film Festival, um, as we all so highly recommend, uh, Dead Center pass holders can catch it at the Oklahoma Museum of Art on Friday, June 11th at uh, MOA at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. It will also be available again as part of the virtual festival starting on Saturday, June 12th at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time until the festival's conclusion on Sunday, June 20th at 1145 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you haven't already, I don't know what you're waiting for. You can head on over to deadcenterfilm.org to buy a pass. So not only can you catch Feel So Good, but you can catch a number of other wonderful films, hundreds of other films, in fact. Uh, And for more thoughtful conversations that excite, inspire, and connect filmmakers and film enthusiasts across the state of Oklahoma, you can subscribe to the Cinematic Schematic via your preferred podcast app, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever your podcasts are found. You can also head on over to deadcenterfilm.org for more information on feel so good along with all of the other wonderful films playing at the festival this year thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you again next time